After nearly three decades covering the Buffalo Bills, this guy knows what he's talking about. Welcome to Sal Speak, the place to be for hard-hitting analysis from Sal Majorana of the Democrat and Chronicle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Sal Speak podcast. I am Sal Majorana on a Monday morning in Rochester, New York, and the Buffalo Bills. Um, it's a win. They beat the New York Jets on Sunday, 18-10. to 10. It was... Um, not all that impressive. I think we could all agree on that. Um, you would have expected that the Bills, coming off two you know pretty tough losses to very good teams, um, would have would have looked better in playing an 0-7 team that they clearly are superior to. Um, it should have been a much more one-sided victory than it turned out to be. But as I said, a win's a win in the NFL. They're all tough. Um, it doesn't matter what the records are. Sean McDormand made that point on Sunday afternoon, and I wholeheartedly agree with him. On any given day, anything can happen, and we see it almost every week in the NFL where underdogs win games. Maybe not as big an underdog as the Jets were to the Bills, but we all know it can happen. So you have to give credit where credit's due, and the Bills did find a way to win that game. Even though they never scored a touchdown, um, they found a way to get it done. They're 5-2. and two. They now have a little bit firmer control in the AFC East because the Dolphins were idle. So nothing to sneeze at there, but I will discuss a few things about the game that, you know, some of the good things and obviously some of the bad things that I saw, and I just raise a caution flag based on what happened in that game yesterday about the rest of the season. And when they start playing teams that are going to be vastly better than the Jets, will the Bills be able to compete? So we'll start on the offense and I know, it's <laughs> when you get 18 points and they all come on the kicker's leg, uh, Tyler Bass, that's probably not a great day for the offense. Now, in this case, it, like I said, it turned out to be enough against the Jets. They only scored 10, and you could win the game by kicking field goals. Moving on down the road, this kind of game will be unacceptable, and it won't be good enough to, to win. Um, maybe not even against the Patriots, who are struggling big time right now. The offense, in general, had a nice day. They moved the ball efficiently, uh, certainly between the 20s. They piled up 26 first downs, 422 yards of total offense. Um, Josh Allen, I thought, was pretty good. I mean, 30 of 43 for 307 yards. Think of how many quarterbacks in the last 20 years that the Bills have had. And, And if they had to put up statistics like that, you would have been, you know, head over heels thrilled with that kind of game. For Allen, it was a decent game. I mean, he wasn't as good as he was in the first four weeks. He was certainly better than he's been the previous two weeks. And, again, it was enough to beat the Jets. I thought, uh, on the whole, he was patient. You know, the, the, the last three opponents now, the Titans, the Chiefs, and the Jets, have really changed um, the outlook on how to play the Bills Uh, how to play against this offense. In the first four weeks, Josh Allen was taking strikes down the field. He was completing big balls. Um, I think he was 21 of 27 on balls that traveled at least 15 yards in the air for like 500 and I think it was 585 yards. I mean, just tremendous numbers. And now in the last three games, he's 5 of 20 on those throws because it's been much more difficult to get the ball downfield. Teams are laying back. In zone defense, they're playing two safety high, taking the deep shots away, and the Bills have had to adjust 
how they attack. It didn't work out all that well, obviously, against the Titans and Chiefs, but against the Jets, a team that is really kind of playing the string out already. We're not even to Halloween yet, and they're already thinking about the draft in New York. Um, the Bills were able to get some things done uh, and move the ball down the field. Allen was patient. He took a lot of things underneath. Cole Beasley had a great game for him. Um, this is actually the perfect setup for Cole Beasley. When a team is going to play zone as much as these last three opponents have, those are the games where Beasley needs to shine. And he uh, he certainly shined in this game. He was targeted 12 times and caught 11 for 112 yards. It just felt like every time the Bills needed a play, it was going to Beasley, and he was making the play. So a real nice game for him. They utilized him really the way that Cole Beasley should always be utilized. I said this from day one when Beasley came here as a free agent last season that I really thought he would be Josh Allen's favorite target. No matter who came in or you know who they drafted, who they you know got in free agency, I always thought that Beasley would be his favorite target because he does. He's so quick. And he gets off the line of scrimmage without getting you know, impeded. And he finds those soft spots and zones. He can beat man coverage because he is so quick in and out of his breaks. I just thought that Allen would be feeding him constantly. And it, it happened you know, in games last year, but it wasn't really quite as much as I thought it was going to. And now this season, um, after a, you know, a sort of slow start for Beasley because Stefan Diggs was doing so many great things, um, he really has he settled into a nice groove um, recently, and this was his best game as a Bill, one of the best games of his career. So, again, Bills did a lot of good work in between the 20s. Um, the Jets really were not stopping them. I mean, they, they really weren't. Even though the Bills were only 3 of 11 on third down, they were getting a lot of first downs on first and second down. So the ball was being moved, and, again, it just came down to the red zone, and the Bills had a, tor- had a terrible day. That was what you know, kept this game from being the blowout that maybe it should have been. Uh, Bills went 0 for 5 on their red zone trips. Um, They had to settle for six field goals, as I said, and it was just disappointing that they left so many points out there. Um, They had one touchdown wiped out by a stupid penalty. I mean, an illegal formation penalty. I just don't get how NFL teams... Um, they should know the rules, and I don't know how you don't line up properly. Those, that's among the dumbest penalties in football, <clears throat> and that one wiped out a Gabriel, Gabriel Davis touchdown. Tyler Croft probably should have scored a touchdown. The Jets totally blew that coverage in the fourth quarter. He's wide open. Allen threw the ball pretty well, and Croft makes the catch, and he's running so fast that his legs just got all discombobulated, and he falls down untouched and can't finish the play. That would have been a touchdown if he had just kept his balance. So, I mean, you take those, those are two touchdowns, really, that you figure most times the Bills are going to score on those plays. So that skews things a little bit. Um, this The score could have been more lopsided had those plays held up. Um, so that was, that was an issue. Red zone and not scoring touchdowns was definitely a problem. You know, some people were saying they stink in the red zone. No, they don't stink in the red zone. They've been very good in the red zone this year. They were 17 for 23. That's 74% coming into the game, scoring touchdowns when they got in the red zone. So that has not been a problem for the Bills. It was in this particular game, and they need to get that fixed because they can't keep stalling the way they did uh, yesterday when they start playing teams that are good. So that's an issue that Sean McDermott and his coaching staff uh, will have to get figured out. Um, 
I thought, you know, again, Allen, I liked his patience. I, I thought, you know, he was he was flushed out of the pocket a few times. I thought he made some pretty good decisions when he was out there. He really only threw there was there was two passes that I thought really were forced into dangerous areas that could have been picked off. But outside of that, I, I thought he was fairly responsible with the ball. Um, he did have the fumble, the sack strip um, in the red zone. They were down there inside the 10-yard line at one point. So that was a big mistake early in the game. And it looked like that was that, that was the kind of play because the Jets turned right around and drove 80 yards for the only touchdown of the game, and they took a 10-0 lead. And I think a lot of people <laughs> in Bill's land were really starting to think right there that this thing's going to be a disaster because it, it was not a good start for the Bills at all. Tyler Bass had, had made a field goal, but that, that fumble by Allen and then having the Jets drive right down and score a touchdown, um, that was a pretty ominous beginning. So I, I give credit to the Bills for getting it turned around um, and shaking that 10 nothing deficit off. Um, they, they, the end of the half is really where the game turned around. You know, Bass made a field goal uh, to get it. He may have missed his first one, and then he makes the 53-yarder, which would have been good from about 70. So that was a good bounce back for him. And then I thought the key play of the game was right after that field goal, the Jets were on the move again, and they get into Bill's territory. And Dane Jackson, the rookie seventh-round cornerback, uh, made a big, big play. He had to play the game because Josh Norman and Levi Wallace are out. He was called up from the practice squad, and he was thrust right into it. He started and played all 57 snaps on defense. And the Bills got some pressure on Darnold, and he threw a terrible pass. He didn't see Jackson kind of coming underneath the route. And the kid made the catch, made the interception. And the, rather than the Jets tacking on probably three more points, the Bills turned around and in 40 seconds had the ball in scoring position for Tyler Bass to kick a field goal, a 48-yarder. And that was a nice point swing there. Instead of being down maybe 13-3 and three, 13 to three at the half, they're only down 10-6. to six. So that was a big swing, I thought, in the game. And it felt like that moment was the moment that turned the defense around as well. Because in the second half, I don't think a Bills defense could play better than they did in this game. Now, again, you have to couch that with the fact that they're playing the Jets, who are absolutely god-awful. Um, Sam Darnold, you know, he has not been dealt a good hand in New York. Clearly, we understand that. But he is not helping his case at all with the way he's played. And he was brutal. He completed one of his last 10 passes in this game. One of 10. In the second half, the Jets had the ball for only 16 offensive plays. Bills completely dominated. I think it was about six and a half minutes of possession time. Um, Darnold could do nothing with it. And they ended up gaining a net of four yards. Can you imagine? They, they netted four yards in the second half in an NFL game against a defense that, while it played better yesterday, had been playing absolutely awful pretty much all season, at, at least in comparison to the way the Bills' defense has played certainly last year and even parts of 2018. This has not been the same unit. But that Bills' defense absolutely dominated the second half of the game, and it allowed the offense to continue stumbling in the red zone and settling for Tyler Bass field goals. So this was a game, and we talked about it in the first four weeks of the year, it seemed like the offense was going to be on the hook every week to win games. Everything was a shootout. 
defense was struggling, and in those first four games, the Bills' offense was close to unstoppable. Well, things changed when the competition ratcheted it up, and the Titans and the Chiefs um, did a real good job against the Bills' offense, slowed it down, and the defense simply wasn't good enough to pull out victories. In this game, the defense was more than good enough against the Jets, and they did. They won the game. Um, as well as the offense moved the ball, and I said 426 or 22 yards, that's a lot of offense, 26 first downs. But when you don't score touchdowns, it's disappointing. So the defense definitely gets a major kudos uh, in this game, particularly the defensive line. I think you know, outside of Tremaine Edmonds, who I thought, again, kind of underwhelmed yesterday, even in a dominant effort like the Bills had, I still thought that you know Edmonds was underwhelming. He had five tackles. He dropped two interceptions. One of them would have been a tough catch, but you know it's a catch he could have made. And the other one was right in his hands. He drops it. He just doesn't have that. He just doesn't have that big play gene. It seems like that a lot of the top linebackers have. So outside of his performance, um, the defensive line was tremendous. They they had their best game. Look, the Bills are paying a lot of money for that defensive line. I wrote in my column today, my follow observations column, that, that no team in the NFL has invested as much money this year in their defensive line than the Bills. 23% of their salary cap is tied up in the defensive line, and it would have been more if Starla Tulele was playing, but he opted out, so he he counts only 500000 on the cap this year. So all that money they've invested and all the free agents that they brought in, the second-round draft pick, A.J. Epinesa, the defensive line had not been good at all. But in this game, they controlled it. They controlled the line of scrimmage. They had Darnold under siege in the second half. He is not a good quarterback under pressure at all. Some guys some guys can live with pressure and do pretty well. I mean, even Josh Allen. I mean, he, I think he handles pressure generally pretty well because he can escape the pocket and make plays on the edge. Sam Darnold, even though he does have um, some athleticism to get out there, he really is not the same player as Josh Allen in that regard. So if you get pressure on him, he's generally going to collapse in the pocket and get sacked. And it happened six times in this game. They had six sacks. Um, I think it was eight different players had a hand in the sacks, and Jerry Hughes was the was the main tormentor. He had a great game. He had two sacks, and he had numerous hurries. Um, he made his first interception of his career on a, on a ball that was deflected by Quentin Jefferson in the final minute there that put the game away, and he catches it, so he had a pick. He also forced a fumble, which the Jets did manage to recover, but it was a third down play, so they had to punt. So he had a great game, and, you know, Hughes has been playing pretty well all season. He's been their best defensive lineman, you know, pretty much by a long, by a long way, but he wasn't getting sacks. He didn't have any sacks going into the game. Um, he'd had some hurries, but he wasn't finishing the plays. Well, that changed on Sunday. He finished plays, and his other guys <laughs> up front really helped him. Ed Oliver was a little bit more active. Um, Pro Football Focus had him for five hurries. They had used for six, so that's a comparison of, of where that was. Um, Quentin Jefferson, I thought, was better. Vernon Butler was better. Um, even Epinesa, he only played nine snaps, but he got a sack. So it was just a much better performance um, for the defensive line. Now, again, <laughs> the caveat being the Jets are awful, and their offensive line is one of the worst position groups on their team. So you would have expected the Bills' defensive line to win some battles yesterday, and they did. So good for them, but they're going to have to continue to play that well 
in the coming weeks, starting with the Patriots on Sunday at Bill Stadium. The Patriots are not playing well right now, but they're going to be a much tougher test than the New York Jets were, and the Bills, um, I think, are going to need to play better, uh, really on both sides in, in, in this upcoming game because uh, the Patriots can do a whole lot more than the, more than the Jets can. Um, other guys on defense that I thought stood out, you know, Dane Jackson, the rookie cornerback, he was really put into a tough position. Um, you know, Josh Norman got hurt during the week, so he couldn't play. They had to call Jackson up from the practice squad. And not only did he start, but he played all 57 snaps on the boundary corner. And, you know, it helped that the Jets didn't have Jamison Crowder, although he's mostly in the slot and Jackson probably wouldn't have seen much of him. I thought the rookie held up pretty well. Um, again, Sam Darnold throwing to guys like Braxton Berrios and the rookie Denzel Mims might be a good player down the road, but he's a rookie making his NFL debut. It was probably an easier game for Jackson, probably a perfect game, in fact, to make your NFL debut, but he held his own. I think he gave up two receptions on four targets into his area, and he had the real nice interception where he wasn't the primary guy in coverage, but he came off his guy, slid over there, Darnold didn't see him. And he made the catch, and, and it was a big play. So I liked what I saw from him. It was great to get Matt Milano back, I think, for the defense. Um, they had him on a pitch count. He only played, I think it was 33% of the snaps, mostly on third and fourth down. Um, he's still coming back from that pectoral injury. But just his presence on the field, even if he's not 100%, don't, I mean, it's a pec injury, so that doesn't affect his read and reaction or his legs because he's a very good athlete. So I think he makes things much more difficult for an offense, especially in the pass game, um, because he's in coverage. He covers a lot of ground, and I, that it helps Tremaine Edmonds having Matt Milano out there with him. So I thought he had an impact, even though he didn't play, as I said, a whole lot of snaps in the game. Um, and I thought another guy that, you know, <laughs> Jordan Poyer has been having a pretty good season, but I thought he had a really good game on Sunday. Um, he ended up with five tackles. He got a sack on a blitz, which is something the Bills, I really think, should do a little bit more of. They came after Darnold yesterday with the blitz because they knew the Jets could, A, they, a, they knew the Jets couldn't pick it up. B, Darnold usually melts under pressure. And C, he doesn't have good receivers. So you could cover them one-on-one -on -one with the guys who aren't blitzing, and the chances are you were going to get home with the blitz. And the Bills did that. Trey White came on a blitz and got a half a sack. Jordan Poyer got a full sack in this game. Dean Marlowe, who played uh, a little bit of nickel corner in the game, got one. So they were able to generate pressure. Um, they got pressure with their four, but I thought they got some really nice pressure when they sent the blitz, and that was a big part of the game. So good job by the defense. Again, the, the opponents stunk, but you still got to make the plays, and the Bills in the second half pretty much made every single play that there was to make. So that was a nice job. Again, they need to be <laughs> at least that good, maybe better, when they start playing teams like the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Steelers. Um, you're, you're not holding those teams to four yards and a half. I can guarantee you that. So anyways, um, I guess the last thing we'll talk about is Tyler Bass. And it's, it's tough to get on the kid when he produced all 18 points. Um, he tied Steve Christie's team record of six field goals in a game. And because he missed two... He also set the new team record for most attempts in a game with eight. Um, six of eight is 75%. In the NFL, 
75% isn't good enough for your field goal kicker. You know, this is not the 1950s and 60s when, you know, these guys were lucky if they made 50%. Today's NFL, you need to be an 80% or better kicker um, every game, at least every game. And he wasn't. He missed two. Now, he has not cost the Bills a game yet, but he has missed five field goals already. And four of those have come inside 40 yards. That's kind of a cardinal sin. You can't miss kicks from inside 40. Those are considered almost chip shots for every guy in the NFL. You get outside 40, okay, then the odds go down a little bit. But he can't be missing kicks inside 40 yards. And uh, yesterday he missed one from 37 yards. And that was in the fourth quarter. Again, it didn't come back to haunt them because the Jets can't score. But down the road, when they have opportunities to put points on the board, especially with a field goal, He's got to be better than he was. So I know you're probably yelling at me like, he scored every point. He made six. Yes, he did. But he also missed two. <laughs> and you got to stop missing kicks when these games get so much more difficult down the road. So it's a big game for him. He was very happy that he was able to produce all the points. But he also acknowledged in his Zoom call after the game that he's got things to work on. And Sean McDermott said the same thing. He said the kid had some miscues. It was good the way he bounced back, but he has to be better down the road. So all in all, again, it was a, it was an ugly game. It was, you know, it caused a lot of frustration for Bills fans, I know, especially in the first half. Um, I tweeted that this had a very, very, you know, very, very bad feel to it when the Jets went up 10-0. Um, you just felt like, man, this is going to be one of those games where the Bills are just going to look back and just kick themselves for letting it get away, um, again, because they've got so many tough games coming up. They're not going to be able to afford to stump their toe and piss away games like this. To their credit, they didn't let it happen. They bounced back, um, and they're 5-2. and two. They're 5-2. and two. The Patriots are 2-4, and four, which is glorious, as we all know. But they still are the Patriots, and they're still part of me that believes that they're going to come in here Sunday and Bill Belichick will have them ready to play, especially given the fact that they've played so poorly uh, recently that you, you just expect that in a division game, a team that Belichick knows so well, the Patriots will be ready to play, and it's going to be a tough game. So we look forward to that. I will sign off right now, and I hope you, um, I hope you take this 18-10 to 10 win and remember that it was a win even though the opponent was so lousy. And just enjoy the Bills 5-2 and two record this week because it's a great place to be if you're a Bills fan. All right, folks, have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week after the Bills play the Patriots. <laughs>